Welcome to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Back again for another one. Uh, Bryce Baumgartner is in the house. Good evening. Always a pleasure to be with you guys on this lovely Wednesday night. And Bobby Russell as well. Hey, glad to be here. The people asked for it and we're getting it. Weeknight NASCAR. Yeah, I got the race on. Uh, volume, obviously, turned way down. 51 to go. Boyer leads, so um, maybe we'll give a live update. Um, let's start out Tim Allen Trivia, the segment that is dominating the podcast world. Um, all right, the topic tonight is Tim Allen as a leading Hollywood man. So going to the big screen here. Now I have a multiple choice answer so you guys aren't just throwing darts blindly at a dartboard. Thank you. All right. So the question is, how many times was Tim Allen billed as a leading man in a motion picture? Now, this could be leading man that might come up as like the star, but leading man to me and to the website, I looked it up to get his credits. You know, it could be voice work. So animation counts. Um, just him and it's like, a co-star role, not necessarily like a, what am I looking for here? Like a cameo. Yeah. I don't think cameos count. So as a leading man. So supporting. Yes. Supporting roles count. So the four choices I have for you guys, these are random except one's the answer. A, I have nine times. B is 16 times. C is 19 times. And D is 20 times. Bobby, I'll give you the first crack of this one. Uh, how say you? I'm going to – I like D, 20. Okay. Bryce? Uh, did you say 16 was one of them? Yeah, that's B. Yeah, B. Oh, my God. You – Bryce, you're on a roll here. If that is correct. 16 is the total. Um I looked this up because I was going to go into how much like box office money Tim Allen has generated. And when I went to look that up, he's billed, he's been billed 16 times as a, as a leading man. Uh, so just a guess, this is for extra credit. I was going to ask this, but it's almost impossible to just roughly closest. You can go over how much, how how much money do you think total um, Tim Allen has brought in in the box office over his career? We'll go worldwide here. Ooh. Oh my god! Um, like all of his movies, like so. Mm-hmm. So what the movies have made, not what he made. Uh, I'm like all the movies yeah. What the combined. what the movies made? Yeah, I'm. I'll take a shot at it. I'll say like. Boy, I'm just going to fucking take a stab at it and say, like, $1.3 billion. Okay. Yeah. Man, I mean, Toy Story alone, this made massive amounts of money. Uh, I don't know if he's hit the three-comma club with his movies, but I'm going to say, like, $850 million. He has hit the billion mark. Uh, Bryce is close, but he's half. There, uh, Tim Allen 
is at three and some change billion Jesus worldwide. Uh, it's 1.7 here in the United States and 1.2-ish and some change uh, overseas or, I guess, non-domestically he's made. So, yeah, I was going to ask that question, but that's, you know, it's almost impossible to kind of figure that stuff up. But, yeah, it's uh, it's insane the type of <laughs> the type of money he's made and the type of money he's made for – other people, so not bad for a that's wild. drunk from Michigan, you know. Like, that's good, good on him. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's get to sports here as we I uh, clunkily transition. We're gonna play a uh, game of trick or treat, but first, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go to winners and losers of the week. Bryce, I will give you the floor if you want, since you won trivia this week. That's your your prize. Um, okay. If you want to go first, winner, loser, you can do both. Yeah, just I'll. Um, I know this is like a sports thing. I know we just talked about Tim Allen, but uh, so my loser of the week um, is my dog. Okay. Uh, <laughs> every year, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, names her name is Teddy. By the way, named after Ted Williams. So oh, yeah. uh, that's kind of funny. Um, anyway, she makes like the best fucking like pumpkin cookies with like great icing on them make a long story short we were putting our baby down and the dog fucking got to him and ate like 14 cookies uh oh fuck yeah didn't die obviously pumpkins like okay for dogs i guess but uh but dude she fucking just annihilated them like within like a minute or two so anyway that's my loser is my fucking dog that ate the cookies that i look forward to every year on things or i'm sorry uh, uh halloween and um my winner for the week, I feel like I had to give this guy credit. Uh, my winner is Haskell Garrett. He got shot in the face like two months ago and, and ended up playing this Saturday against Nebraska and um, kind of set the tone on the interior defensive line. He had a, had a sack and a big tackle for a loss. So he is definitely my winner for the, uh, for the week. Bobby, you can go yeah, if you want. Absolutely. Like, I'll, I'll uh, just touch on that real quick. He played a really good game starting off. I mean, I watched the entire Buckeye game because that was pretty much the only good game on at noon last week to me. Um, so, shout out to him. You know, that, when I saw that come on the news, I was like, oh, man, that sucks for him. That's a year gone. Obviously, the shutdown, canceling the season, reopening the season helped that out. So, that's awesome. Uh, I'll start off with my loser this week. Uh, my loser is myself for um, shitting on all of these teams in the Big Ten who ended up winning. Um, Indiana, pie in my face on that one. Uh, Rutgers, you know, they got they snapped their winning streak. Uh, Purdue and Northwestern, both. So uh, I'm the loser this week because I doubted the Big Ten bottom feeders. And that ties right into my winners, the Big Ten bottom feeders. Rutgers, hell yeah, snapped that winning streak. Good start for Shiano in his second stint. Uh, Northwestern, pretty good game. Uh, Purdue and Iowa ended up being a really good game. I uh, came down to the wire. There was 24 to 20, I believe, um, you know, without their head coach, uh, without Rondell Moore. So that, that was that was cool to see. And then the Indiana game, that might – for right now, I think that's game of the year right now. Um, just they took the lead in the first half. Penn State storming back, tying it up to go to overtime on the Penn State gap of scoring when they could have just took a knee three straight times. Um, and then obviously the whether you want to say he was in or whether you want to say he was out of bounds doesn't matter now. He was out. Doesn't matter now. They called him in. 
Um, so that was that was cool. So um, shout out to the Big Ten bottom feeders. Hopefully they keep it going. Yeah, I still don't know whether or not Penix was in or out. I mean, I said with the, the small group I was watching the game with, whatever was called on the field had the stand. But uh, I don't know. Indiana, they, they just fucking – they just don't go away. They just fight the whole game. Like, they didn't play well. Like, I mean, their defense did, but their offense had like 112 total yards until the final drive of the game. And to tie it, so I don't, you know, I, I don't know. It was a great game, though. So I, I guess I'm saying I wouldn't beat myself up too bad if I already Bobby. Like, I I kind of blew up Indiana last week. They got a win, but did they play well? Not necessarily. But all right, my um, I'm gonna get a little off the beaten path with my winner and loser. Uh, my winner of the week is uh, from the Formula One ranks, Lewis mm. Hamilton. He drives for Mercedes now, former McLaren driver. He set, broke the all-time wins, Grand Prix wins record, defeating Michael Schumacher's record of 91 wins. He hit 92 this past Sunday, um, and he's on pace to tie the record for championships with seven. Well, Schumacher, he's already got the pole record, and whether you hate him, like him, indifferent, you can't deny, you know, his his greatness. Um, I wouldn't per se, or I wouldn't say I was a Lewis fan, um, but you just got to tip your cap to him. Um, motorsports is weird. Of course, you need the car, the team around you to, to strive, and he's been in two real good situations. But he was kind of like that, you know, that prodigy, like a, a LeBron James type that had the hype coming in, and, and day one he's – Match that hype. I mean, he competed for a championship in his rookie season, won it his second year in 08. He's just been uh, fantastic. My loser of the week, and this might come off as uh, a little weird, but I'm just going to throw the Ohio High School Athletic Association in <laughs> as a whole as my loser of the week. My alma mater, Nelsonville, York, um, they kind of got shafted, bones, screwed. Saturday in their playoff game at Fairland. Um, you know, they caught a pass interference. When a Fairland quarterback threw in the quadruple coverage, video shows two different angles. Nobody even made any bit of contact with the receiver. Um, they also overturned a – or said an interception the down or two before that play was incomplete. I guess there's numerous bad calls Um throughout the whole game. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, that ref, the Ohio High School Athletic Association, my loser of the week. Was his son the quarterback, you think, for Fairland? I don't know. There's the, – the, I'm not a part of it, but there's some Nelsville people that's put on their private investigator. No uh, way. Some, Who would have thought? Yes. There's some screen grabs of, like, a couple <laughs> people saying, like, how much – to fix this game, and I think it's a joke, but the actual back judge, I think, at least that's what I'm being told, the actual back judge said, I like it. When they're like all about tree fitty, that's what the comment was to fix the game. Um, there is one thing that I, I don't know the answer to, but with COVID, like usually a playoff game, 
you see a crew that you have no idea where they're from, you're not familiar with them at all. They they come from a different part of the state. With COVID, I don't know if there's any kind of travel restriction, so maybe it does have some legs. But you know, we could send in all the video on it. It's not going to change the result, but still, it, it it's kind of shitty situation. Probably the uh, same crew that gave J, uh, JT Barrett that spot. You know. <laughs> Well, I did say that too Saturday night <laughs> after seeing the video. So, but there you go. <laughs> all right, uh, let's play trick or treat real quick. It's Halloween, so it seems right. We'll play trick or treat. Um, I have a list of teams: three college, four NFL teams. I will make one statement to you both, and uh, you guys will tell me whether that statement is trick, which obviously. In this context, would mean it's a bad take, it's fake, you disagree, or treat, you do agree. Uh, we'll just rifle through these real quick. So the three college teams right now that I think kind of are most intriguing somewhat at the moment, I'm going to go Oklahoma State first. And the statement is Oklahoma State will be a college football participant. I'll start with Bobby here. Uh, I'm going to go with – uh, trick on this one. Um, they, you know, the game this last against Iowa State, kind of the top two teams in the Big 12 right now. They did come out victorious, but didn't look so great in doing so. Um, and with the schedule they have left to come up, the the big names they have left to play, I think they're going to catch a loss or two here in the next few weeks. I I couldn't have said it better myself. I just I don't see them making it through this. I don't want to call it a gauntlet, but you know, just a I guess the Big Twelve with the high high powered offenses, you know, I think they're going to get get beat at some point. It's a trick. Okay, I agree with that. Uh, Georgia, Georgia is the best and most likely one loss team to make the college football playoff. Trick or treat, Bryce. I'll start with you. Oh boy, um, you know, I. I guess I guess treat. That's a tough one because I, I would say maybe Michigan could end up being that. I thought it could be Penn State, but now they're going to have two losses. I think. Um, so I would say I would say treat. Um, even though I'm not like super in love with Georgia, yeah, I think they still have a chance to the opportunity to to still win the the East and 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 and, and meet Bama again and, and maybe avenge their loss. So yeah, uh, treat. I'm going to go trick on this one, actually. Um, you know, Georgia, they still have to play Florida. So, you know, they could end up with another loss there. Um, and, you know, if they do come victorious in that, they got to face Alabama again, which I think we're all in a consensus that they're coming out of the West. Um, I feel like their biggest test was going to be LSU and Auburn, and those just don't look like they're going to be a, much of a test at all. Um, and I would say the one, the one loss team that I'm looking at right now that I think stands the best chance – uh, the team that doesn't have to play Alabama again, and that's Texas A&M sitting at number eight. Yeah, and you were high on them preseason too, so that's looking that's looking sporty right now. Um, I, I would say I would say tr- or trick right now. Uh, kind of an unfair question because obviously Pac-12 hasn't even started. We don't know how the Big Ten's going to shake out, but um, that that's where I would lean. All right. Final college team, Cincinnati, the Bearcats. Impressive road dub at SMU. I think we were all on the ponies last week. We all got that really wrong. 
So, Cincinnati, the best and most likely G5 group of five team to crash the college football party. Bobby, how say you trick? I'm gonna I'm gonna say trick on that one. I, I do think that we'll go undefeated. I, uh, I think their biggest test is in a few weeks against UCF. If they pass that, I think it's smooth sailing for them. But I just don't see them getting in over a one-loss Georgia, a one-loss Notre Dame, a one-loss Texas A&M. Just strike the schedule only. It, it's you know they play in the the American. Um, you know they've got a couple good wins. The SMU win was awesome. Like you said, we were all on the ponies. But I just think strength of schedule is going to be taken into account on it on such a short year. Um, yeah, I'll agree. Uh, trick. Basically, a lot of cards are going to have to fall for just for that to happen. I mean, there's going to it's going to have to be like 2007 type madness, really, until I think they expand the playoff to eight. We're going to then we'll eventually see that. And then I think they'll even have an argument to get them in as well. So um, maybe, if you know, I know Central Florida had their year a couple of years ago and everything, but um, I don't know. I think until it's expanded to, to eight teams, we won't see it happen. Yeah, well, I I think it's a little bit of both. Me personally, again, I think another kind of impossible question or statement to to say, but I think they are the best G five team right now. But you look BYU is on that conversation. UCF, we'll see what Boise has to offer. Has to offer. So, um, but I don't I don't think any G five team like you said, Bryce. Um, I think Bobby definitely agrees too that until an expansion happens. Um, it's going to have to be like complete chaos for those teams, those caliber teams to get in. All right, let's, let's move to the NFL four teams here real quick. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, best team in the NFC. Should they be the NFC favorite right now? Bryce, trick or treat. Um, I'll say trick. I don't know. I, even though I know they, they lost to, the Cardinals there the other night. I, I still think the Seahawks are, are the team to be out of the NFC. So yeah, trick on that one. I'm going to go, I'm going to roll with treat on this one. Um, the last couple of weeks, you know, they had the gaffe in Chicago. Um, obviously Brady for getting let down it was, but the last t- couple of weeks, you know, especially against, especially against green Bay, <laughs> they, they've, they've looked like a complete team. Their defense is top five defense in the NFL. You can't deny that. Brady's finally figured out the offense. Gronk's coming around. Um, they are having some trouble keeping Evans and Godwin healthy. You know, I think Godwin's out this week. Um, but the reinforcements are coming. Uh, what will what will he bring to that team? It's yet to be seen, but everyone's vouching for him. Oh, oh won't he won't even say his name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> The bad breakup yeah, you, right there. You, you can finish your point. Uh, that. No, not, not pretty much. Yeah, like I think, I think, I think uh, he'll he'll have some success down there. Obviously, the one game we saw with him and Brady in New England last year, you could tell they had a chemistry right away. Um, when he's paired with a good quarterback, obviously you see what happens. Um, seven years, best receiver in the NFL, All Pro receiver. So I, I'm, I'm I'm high on Tampa. I'm higher on him now than I was at the beginning of the year. All right, I'm going to stay in the NFC. I got two AFC, two NFC. The Bears, my statement about the Bears, they will make it to the NFC title game. Bobby, I'll start with you, trick uh, or treat. We'll go treat. If you go back and listen to our NFC preview, 
I actually picked the Bears and the Seahawks to play in the NFC Championship game. I was super high on Trubisky coming into the year, super high on their defense. Um, you know, they've come from behind in a few games. They still have problems on offense. Uh, I think Robinson's out with concussions. So they're going to have some more problems. But, you know, it's a long season. It's a 16-game season. There's going to be time to figure it out. And with the wins they've got so far, I think they're sitting in a good spot to at least contend for that. Um, yeah, I don't – you know, I, I, I do agree, but I think it's still a still a trick. Um, have they played the Packers yet? I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah, so I think, like, I would be able to make a decision after that. But, again – I, I do like Tampa Bay. I do like Seattle. So I think those two are, are going to play each other for that uh, NFC title game. So trick here. All right. We'll move to the AFC. The Bills. The Bills will make the AFC championship game. Bryce, trick or treat. Trick. I'm still still riding high on the two top teams that – we kind of assumed we're going to make it with the Ravens and the Chiefs. Uh, nothing against the Bills. I just think um, those two are, are, are still playing good football. So, um, trick. Yeah. Um, you know, back me into a corner with this one again. Uh, I'm going to go treat uh, the Bills. You know, they, they had strong start, lost a few games here recently. Um, but, you know, they're going to win the AFC East. I think that's all but a foregone conclusion now. Um, I think Miami was their strongest competition this year. That's something people could say um, because the Patriots are dysfunctional um, and the Jets, obviously, you know, who knows what they're doing. Um, So I I got the Bills still making it there, especially with a few, you know, things go right in the postseason. Um, You know, they catch a good break. They catch a team on the road. I, I think they end up there. All right, final one, the Steelers, AFC favorites, best team in the AFC. Bobby, it's your Steelers. I'll start with you. Trick or treat. This might surprise me, but I'm going to say it's a trick. Um, yeah, we're 6-0. and uh, We, You know, the games that we've had to prove it in against the Browns and against the Titans, you know, we showed up. Uh, the Titans, that was a rough one. Um, you know, just barely got out of there by the leg of Goskowski. You know, we built that lead. Should have been up 30, 34 to seven after halftime. Um, you know, we threw a couple of interceptions, Ben hits receivers right in the hands that go off. Um, I don't think they're better than the Chiefs. I think they just had better luck right now and have, you know, the right schedule. Um, they still got to play the Ravens twice. We got to play the Browns again. But those, I think those are the, the three toughest games they have left. Um, so, you know, if we come out 13 and three, I might change my mind. But until I see them, you know, just Going up on teams like Kansas City can, like Baltimore can, I'm I'm not picking them as the favorite, but you know I hate to go against my team, but that's just that's just the facts. Yeah, and if Bobby's not going with his team, I sure as hell am not going with with his team. So, um, but no, the Steelers are scary good. Um, this week, what they they got the Ravens? Yeah, that, it's in Baltimore. Away? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, ask me that next week and I would have a better answer because if they go into Baltimore and, like, spank them, then, yeah, um, I would say yes. Um, you know, they're built for, for a championship run with that defense and, and Big Ben, you know, he's going to want to ride out into the sunset. Like, kind of like Bobby said, I think a couple weeks ago, just with that Super Bowl victory and everything. And, uh, um, 
I think it's still too early for me to make a call on it, but yeah, I'll say trick for now. All right, let's move on to the week nine slate of college football. Um, quick picks. I'm just going to bounce a question off you guys at three games, and then we'll do our individual games and break those down. But Boston College, they're four and two. They go to Clemson, noon, ABC. Number one team in the country, 31 point favorite. My question about you does BC cover or even have a chance in an upset? Um, what'd you say the spread 30, was? 31. Again. 30, 31. Uh, yeah, so I can answer that. I'll say, I'll say they cover. Uh, I think the thing with Boston College is we don't know really who they are. Are they the team that, like, almost beat North Carolina, or are they the team that got, like, their asses handed to them by Virginia Tech? So, um, they're finicky. But, uh, again, Jeff Halfley, I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he might have a game plan. He, he had a great game plan against uh, Clemson last year in the Fiesta Bowl, um, obviously for, for a half. <laughs> but uh, um, I, think, I think they keep it, keep it close. And is that on the road? No, it's in Clemson. Great. I feel, is, is Clemson play every game at home? I feel like they haven't. Seems like, like it. Yeah. So um, then, no. I think they hang around, but Clemson ends up, like, beating them by, like, 32 points. So – they do not cover. Yeah, as a, as an ACC guy, um, oh shit! Real quick, Kyle Bush not going over this year. Hell yeah, um, Clemson. What? I mean, what does that mean? Skittles zombie cars back in victory lane. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, baby. All right, back to back. God, should we just stop now and fucking go drink beer? Might go stone cold a few what? here. Um, no, Clemson, they're, they're going to cover, and they're going to beat them by more than 31. Uh, obviously, failed Notre Dame product, Phil Jakovic, quarterback for the BC Eagles right now. Um, I thought he was going to be the next great Notre Dame quarterback. Book um, came back, so he transferred. He's, he's looked pretty good under, under that offense out there. Uh, like Bryce said, Halfway's a great defensive-minded coach. Um, I met him one time at a coaching clinic. Uh, super intelligent guy, like, you know, you look, people talk about like McVeigh and all those guys in the NFL. That, that's that's kind of what Hafty reminds me of. Like, I think he's got the program going in the right direction there. They just don't have, they don't have the Jimmys and Joes to comp- compete with Clemson. So Clemson big over thirty one, hammer the uh, spread on that one big time. All right, game number two in the college quick picks: Memphis at number seven. Cincinnati, also another noon kickoff on ESPN. My question, oh, what's the spread here? Let's see. I'm seeing Cincinnati as a touchdown, seven-point favorite. So um, my question, I'll start with you, Bobby, then Bryce. Memphis, are they going to pull the upset, or does Cincinnati remain? I think the last few years this has been a good game. Memphis has always kept it close. You know, Memphis had their run the past couple years as well. Um, like, like we talked about earlier in trick or treat, you know, I think, like I said, Cincinnati's toughest test is against UCF in a few weeks. Um, I think they're, they're focused. Fickle's got them in a one and each week mindset. Um, and they, like I said, they, they looked good in that SMU game. And, you know, I think they just keep rolling. They're consistent. They tailor their team to what athletes they have and they have a great scheme going. So I got the Bearcats. Um, I got them covering uh, more than seven. Yeah, I think Cincinnati rides that momentum from uh, from last week. Um, 
didn't really have a chance to watch a lot of that game, but from what I saw, I mean, I know he makes mistakes, but Desmond Ritter, man, he's he's he's, he's not, good. He's he's good. He, I don't I don't know if I want to say like a poor man's Terrell Pryor, but kind of like reminded me of him a little bit. Just like a tall, like you know, when he hits a stride, doesn't really look like he's moving that fast, but he's like scooting. Um, so I think quarterback play again is huge. So I'll I'll, I'll roll with uh, Cincinnati. I think I think they win this one comfortably. All right, final quick pick game, Texas. They'll be on the road at the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oklahoma State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, the number six-ranked team in the country. Again, same question. Are we putting the Cowboys on upset alert, or uh, are they staying unbeaten, Bryce? Um, Yeah, historically I'd say yeah, but uh, Texas looks like dog shit against Baylor. I mean, they won, but still didn't really impress me. Uh, you got Tom Herman this week kind of, like, throwing out, like, I need more time. And, like, I, I don't know. It's, like, talking about how coaches need time to, to, to live in a program and do this and do that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think um, Bobby mentioned it earlier. Oklahoma State didn't look all that great against Iowa State. I mean, that they won, uh, but it was kind of an ugly win. Um, but still, I think they, I think they rely on uh, Hubbard there, who, who had 140 and a couple touchdowns, I think, against – Iowa State a good defense. So, yeah, I think uh, the running game prevails, and uh, Oklahoma State lives to see yeah, another day. Uh, this is this is one of the big-name games they got coming up. You know, the, the stretch for Oklahoma State, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma. So, back to back to back, you know, you got three gauntlet games there, two of those on the road. Um, luckily, they get Texas at home. I think that'll be enough. I uh, don't know if you guys watched any of or much of that Oklahoma State-Iowa State game. Um it didn't look like there was much social distancing going on in that crowd. It looked like there was a ton of people there. Um, so I think they get that little extra boost from having the crowd play in front of fans. Um, I, I really want to pick Texas to upset them, but I, I just don't think I can with them playing at home um, and then trying to look forward to the next two weeks with them. Yeah, I'm with you, Bobby, on that. It's just – I just asked myself the simple question, like Sam Ellinger against what I think is a good defense, and that usually hasn't worked out well in his career at Texas. All right, let's go to our games. Bobby, I'll go back to you. Your fourth-ranked Notre Dame Irish, 5-0 and on the year, 4-0 in the ACC. They'll be on the road at Georgia Tech, 3.30 Eastern time on ABC. The Irish, a 20-point favorite. Uh, Bryce, if you have something to chime in after, Bobby gets his spiel done on this one, you can. But, oh, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Bobby, you know, the Irish, we have the uh, all-time ACC winning percentage with a minimum of four games played. Um, I think it's going to keep perfect going to a 5-0 and record in the ACC next week, this week. Um, the biggest keys for me this week is staying healthy. Um, Brian Kelly admitted it. He admitted the thing that coaches never want to admittedly say is that, you know, we're looking ahead. We're in a win-now program. You know, they know what's in front of them. They know the team they have. They're obviously talking about next week, November 7th, uh, under the lights, 30-degree weather, and, you know, you got big brother coming to town. Um, so stay healthy, continue this passing game. Uh, you know, teams have been able to pass on Georgia Tech this year. Uh, you know, we kind of got off the schneid last week, but it is also pit, so take that for what you want. Um, to the big plays, uh, Ian Book, a couple bombs to Skronek, shout out Northwestern grad transfer. Um, they looked better. Um, you know, we got to get our tight ends involved a lot more. Tommy Trimble's been hurt. Uh, but, you know, when he's when he's on, he's easily one of the best tight ends in the, in the whole NCAA. 
Um, you know, we got a great young guy, Michael Mayer, who I've been high on all year. Um, and then Georgia Tech, you know, they're coming together. Coach Collins, he's a good coach. He's got a good program. He kind of reminds me of getting that program going like Satterfeld uh, did in, in Louisville. Um, so I, I think they're a couple of years away. They got a good quarterback, uh, Jeff Sims. He kind of reminds me of a young, less polished Deshaun Watson. You know, I think if he stays the course, stays the full four years there, I think he's going to kind of develop into that. And I think we'll see Georgia Tech get back into that top 20, top top 25 range for, for them where they're supposed to be. Um, but 20-point favorite, I like it. Uh, hammer that. Um, stay healthy. Yeah, everyone off the field, on the plane, back home, no outbreaks again. And let's take down that number one next week. Yeah, I got Georgia Tech to win this outright here. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Notre Dame is just going to be looking ahead, and I think Georgia Tech shocks the world. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of kidding. I don't know. I, I, did yeah. they throw on the triple option down there? No more Paul Johnson. No. God damn it. Well, then then no, definitely not. If they still ran the triple option, I would absolutely <laughs> say put money on Georgia Tech, but no, not now. Um I don't know. I mean, historically, this is usually a pretty – this is the game like Rudy got in, right? They were playing Georgia Tech. So, um, isn't, isn't that who, who they were playing when Rudy was playing in, like, the movie? No, Georgia you're right. Tech? Am I making that up? Okay, good. I'm glad I'm right about something. But, yeah, Notre Dame wins. I shouldn't have spent that much time <laughs> talking about this game. Sorry. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> All right, we'll jump to my team, the 13th-ranked undefeated 1-0 Michigan Wolverines. Well, welcome in Sparty to the big house for the home opener. Michigan, a 24-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Um, maybe I have a quarterback, guys. I don't know. I think so. Joe shabby. Milton looked pretty damn good. Um, we actually ran like a spread offense. Uh, ben Mason is still out here murdering faces, though, so it's got a little hardball element to it. Um, using a fullback. Um, defensively, I, last week I was just glad that our tackles didn't get caved in, especially when they were getting double teamed, they just didn't fold and collapse like we did most of last year. Uh, Jermon Green kind of held Rashad Bateman in check, but when Dax Hill left the game, it definitely, you could tell a little bit of a difference. Minnesota's passing game kind of picked up. Um, but yeah, still some things we could have cleaned up. The kicking game was awful for us. We missed three field goals. Um, but looking ahead to this one, there's still a little Spartan voodoo. I'm I'm still kind of got some, some wounds and scars over the D'Antonio years, but, you know, I think if we played our capabilities, um, I, I think we had this thing over by halftime. Um, so I'm not going to bet it personally, but I would, uh, I would say 24 and a half. You, you could lay that, um, if you want so I, I, I think we blow them out. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add. If not, we can move on to uh, the big one. Um, I, I, I think Michigan's going to kick the shit out of Michigan State. I think Harbaugh's like, I don't know. Like, he, he's the type of guy, like, he's, like, been, been remembering all these losses to Michigan. Not all these losses, but he, he's the type of dude that's just going to want to, like, wax the fucking floor with the Spartans. And, uh, well, yeah. There's just I, I don't know I don't I don't see it being close but Michigan I mean God they look like a Big Twelve team honestly like just I mean they gave up points I think Minnesota left some points up on the board they they missed the 
kind of like a wide open dude in the end zone there. That would have made the game a little bit closer uh, towards the end. But um, I don't know. I was really impressed with, impressed with Milton. Um, is it Charbonnet or Charbonnet? Charbonnet. That's how I say it. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and the Haskins, they fucking, along with the offensive line, I think they look good. And and, and I, don't, I don't know, and I might say this every year with Michigan, but, man, it just seemed like they were playing with more confidence. Like, it seemed easier. It seemed like they were having fun. Like, they looked, they like, I don't say they worried me because it's still, still October. And I mean, I, I don't know. It's one game, but man, they fucking, they just look like they had a different vibe around them. Um, the, I, well, I, I'll jump on real quick on that point. Like in years past, like I've never questioned the defense really since Harbaugh's got there, but a lot of times I was just like, fuck, we got to get back on offense. Like, yeah. How, how are we going to like generate any uh, offense against like a decent, it's a good, it's a great opponent. Uh, and then last week, the first drive, it, it, we hit a chunk play, then we get a bad penalty. I'm like, oh, fuck, same old, same old hardball. Like, a penalty just kills a, kills a drive and, you know, rely on the defense. But, no, every time Minnesota kind of punched us, we, we punched back offensively, and it was just kind of like, honestly, the last time I had confidence in a Michigan offense was late and 11 with Denard. And before that, it was like the Chad Henney, Mike Hart, Mario Manningham days. So, like, 2005 through seven. So, like, right. it's been a long time. Uh, anyway, Bobby, do you, like, or Bryce? You, Bobby's pounding beers for fucking yeah. the whatever yeah, yeah. Bush, Kyle Bush. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at his Gosh. Mookie Betts poster in his living room. <laughs> no, bring that up. I think about that daily. Um, no, Michigan, they're going to win. I mean, pile in my face for thinking Michigan State was going to be good this year. So, uh, Michigan on this one. Also, shout out Michigan for the best graphic from last week. Um, if you zoom down on it, uh, a couple words, stay in positive, test in negative. You know, that's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, Harbaugh's been saying that since they've announced the season. It's kind of been like their weird PSA rallying cry. Also, I fucking hate ABC. I don't know if you guys tuned out of the game or or caught this. It was late in the fourth quarter, and, like, Dax Hill, he he left the game, so, like, oh, and they announced that, like, the game's out of hand, so, of course, they got to do, like, some kind of Phil story, but I wasn't thinking that. And they're like, well... We're gonna t- send it down to Maria Taylor. We're gonna have a uh, a development that's gonna shake you Michigan fans to your core. I'm just like, that's a shitty way to bring up. He like tours ACL and he's out for the year, which hasn't been announced. So I, I think he's good. Knock on wood. But it was Jim Harbaugh wore blue pants instead of khakis. Like, yeah, my heart sank. And, <laughs> I mean, it was a blowout, but I'm just like, how dare you, ABC? Like, play with my emotions like that. So I maybe blue pants is the the way to go now. I don't know. Yeah, maybe but. that's his thing. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let, <laughs> all right, let's go to Bryce. Your team, they go on the road. The third rank Ohio State Buckeyes, um, coming off that blowout win over Nebraska. They travel to Happy Valley, uh, Penn State, number eighteen team in the country. Oh and one, Ohio State, a twelve point favorite, seven thirty Eastern time kick on ABC. Traditionally, the whiteout game, but okay, there's going to be what 
six hundred people probably in the in the stands or something like that. So that shouldn't be a factor. Uh, Bryce, throw it to you. Thoughts, uh, yeah. opinions. You got a prediction? Whatever you want. Yeah, I've got a little, I don't know, a little something. But uh, I guess I'll start with like their Penn State's running game. Uh, obviously, they're out. Journey Brown. And uh, Noah Kane got injured early of, uh, I think, quarter like, – I think right like the beginning of the game um, against Indiana. So, really, my question is, like, who's, who's going to be making plays? Um, they got to turn to Devin Ford. He's a sophomore running back who's, like, this will be his, I think, maybe first start in college. And um, it just seems like Penn State doesn't have a playmaker like they usually do. Like, you know, no Hamler, no Saquon, even back to, like, you know, Allen Robinson. It's like I, I don't see how this – and I'm not calling Pat Fryermuth not a playmaker. He's a, he's not like a he's not like a um, a game breaker. I guess you could say. Great tight end, love the dude, but uh, they don't have somebody on on offense right now. I don't think that can that can just like break the game wide open like Hamler did a couple years ago. But uh, um, their defense is still is still the Penn State defense. Um, you know, I know they. You know, they didn't seal the deal there in, like, overtime and shit against Indiana, but that that game was all, all sorts of fucked up. But um, I think the biggest factor is do they get to Justin Fields? Um, if, if he has enough time like he did against Nebraska, there's I don't think Penn State has a shot in hell uh, to, to, be able to, to be able to upset Ohio State. He looked uh, – Fields looked great week one. Uh, looked like a Heisman Trophy winner. Looked like a number one draft pick. Um, not just with his legs, but I mean, it was throwing dimes, throwing darts to, to wide open receivers um, and hitting people on the money in some tight windows as well. Uh, but yeah, it comes down to, you know, Shaka Tony, that Jason Owe. And then uh, Bobby, you might remember this guy or this mm-hmm. name might sound familiar, little Joey Porter Jr. Um, yeah, he, he had a big time game against Indiana. Play, he was all over the field. Um, I mean, kind of talking about the crowd noise. Um that's an interesting one because regardless of what what type of Ohio State team like you know they have, and and same with Penn State, the game is always close. Um, you go back to 2018, Ohio State had a fight and claw from behind, throw a lot of screen screen passes of Dobbins to like get back in that game. Uh, 2016, they lost. They had that field goal blocked, and then even back to the national championship year, um, and Penn State was down. I mean, they still took them to overtime, maybe even a double overtime. So. Um, I don't know. I think Urban was quoted today or yesterday saying that the whiteout adds seven to ten points like automatically. So knowing that it's not going to have that atmosphere, I don't think they're going to pump in sound like that. They're going to pump in sound, but there's no way they're going to be able to, 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 you know, replicate that that crowd noise. They'll have the they'll have the lion. Who, what sucks? I hate that fucking lion. And uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. Kind of going back to like last week with with Nebraska. If if you watch that game, um, Nebraska really scored their points on like two big plays. Um, our linebackers were out of out of position, were kind of all over the place, and they let a couple big big plays happen, which got them into scoring range. But then in the second half, Ohio State outscored them what, thirty-five to three. So um, I don't know. I, I I I feel comfortable with Ohio State winning this game. Sean Clifford really kind of showed just the kind of guy he he really is against Indiana. A lot of bonehead mistakes. He threw a really bad interception on the screen pass. He just floated over the dude's head. Um, I don't know. I think Ohio State they could they could give up 21 points and still score 45 points uh, on this defense. Um, 
Lamont Wade, he's a great cornerback for Penn State, but they don't have three of them. Um, Chris Olave, I think, got a concussion. He's still, like, in the protocol thing. So, uh, we would like to have him play. But um, I don't know. Justin Fields and then uh, and then Julian Fleming, who is a freshman wide receiver, coming back to Penn State. I know Justin Fields almost went to Penn State when he was getting recruited. So, um, hopefully this is their chance to play in Happy Valley and, and really make a name of themselves. So, I think Ohio State wins. I think they win by 14 points, 14 to 17 points. Again, I think it'll be close, but Ohio State has, has too much on offense right now, despite not looking great on the run. Uh, I think it'll I think it'll gel a little bit more this week. Yeah, I, I, like Bobby, you got anything on that game. game? These two teams always play each other close. Um, I think Penn State's in the spoiler role now. Um, so, I think that's kind of how their mindset is. I think they're going to be ready to go. I think Franklin will have them ready to go. Uh, you know, Shaka Tony, I think he had like three straight sacks last week. It just bull rushed and then like dipped his shoulder and got a sweet spin move on that left tackle. I was like, damn, that dude is awesome. I haven't seen him play much, but I, I was like just astonished at his moves there. I know it was against an Indiana tackle, but still he's playing Division One football. You don't get there by my chance. Uh, you know, Future Pittsburgh somehow. Um, but Penn State's offense didn't really strike fear into me. I think they got like one play, which is like tight end seam to Freermuth. So I, I think Ohio State scores at will here, but I think you know it's going to be closer than people think. But uh, I got Penn State going to zero and two. Buckeyes just keep rolling. See, I I think a little bit different than you guys. I'll, I'll get to around the same prediction maybe uh i don't think it's going to be as close ultimately as you guys think i look back at what the block field goal game that was 16 correct uh yeah yep see penn state i feel like they knew they were kind of outmatched and they tried to play like a ball control game and i and i felt like they tried to do that in 18 when the game was close um the year JT had a, a hell of a fourth quarter comeback. Uh, Penn State, they, they just lined straight up and, and didn't really try to control clock. And, and they did, you know, I felt like they did that as well last year. So I, I think they're going to try to play that ball control again this time to, to limit Ohio State's possessions and stuff like that. Because Bryce, you're right, they, they don't have any weaponry. Like Fryermuth is he's good. He's just not that, that game breaker. And the running game last week against Indiana was Clifford's legs. Right. And that was, that was the only yardage they were able to muster on the ground. Uh, so I think they're going to try to play ball control, and I, I just don't think it's going to work. Um, High State, yeah, first half, I think they, they got pushed around a little bit uh, by Nebraska. But, you know, they, 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 started, they started to play well in the second half. Um, you know, they settled into the game. Yeah. Um, Nebraska the- fucking came out firing, though. Like, they, they ran a scripted, like, you know, first drive. Like, they knew what they were going to do. They ran kind of like that two-quarterback system. McCaffrey, you know, he, he popped up in there and, and, and had a had a great, great play. And um, I think kind of just caught Ohio State off guard. And, and I think – I don't say woke them up, but maybe they did. I don't know. You don't think they yeah. would need to be, like, woken up for their fucking first game after, like, almost having their season ripped away from them. But – uh, regardless, hats off to Nebraska. I think it was a great opener. 
uh, for Ohio State, and it kind of gave them what they needed. So hopefully they went back and watched some film and made some adjustments, especially at the linebacker spot, um, because which I thought would be our strongest our strongest unit, and it, it looked actually the weakest. So. Yeah, and my final point, I was texting with my, my buddy Mitch. He is a obviously a diehard Buckeye. We're kind of talking about the game and stuff like that, and I've just been thinking about, like, if Penn State plays great defense, which they do have a good defense, they maybe limit Ohio State to, like, 28, 31 points, and I don't see them scraping out more than 21, 24. Even, you know, just that's just how limited it, I think their offense is. Um, I do think, and Bobby kind of alluded to this a little bit, was scratching around, like, I do think this is a kitchen sink game. So, James Franklin, you know, he might be going forward on a lot of fourth downs and Certainly. Might, might might have to work, look out for a trick play, a fake punt, things of that nature. But I, I think Ohio State, they, they just across the board, uh, they got this in the bag to me. And, you know, I, I get why you might be a little apprehensive as a Buckeye. You know, these games have been close, I just think. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, it just doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, I think this year you kind of maybe throw those kind of things out and and try to just look at it as a team from team to team. So we'll see. But, yeah, I, I got the Buckeyes, and I, I think they, they went by, you know, 20, 24, something like that. So, um, all right, let's move on to the NFL real quick. Uh, Saints at Bears, 425 on Fox on Sunday. Uh, Saints a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Am I crazy? I think the Bears, especially after looking bad on Monday night, they kind of regroup. Probably going to be, you know, some weather. Going to be chilly. Get the Saints out of the day. I think the Bears are alive. Uh, absolutely dog. not. Uh, Bear Bobby, weather is crazy. real. Uh, they had a high of 39 on the Sunday in Chicago. Uh, wind right off Lake Michigan. Um, you know, Burr. Can't roll out flurries. I mean, honestly – um, like you said, getting the Saints out of the dome, they suck away from New Orleans um, when they're not playing, you know, in warm weather like Tampa Bay or Los Angeles. So give me the Bears. Give me give me a huge game from Foles. Bryce, uh, you know you're not you're not crazy. I think the Bears come back. You know they look they looked um, like they kind of took a step back last week, but I think they pull it together. And this. You know, guys, I, I I have these feelings. I have these visions. And, and I would say like nine <laughs> times out of ten I'm wrong. But I feel like this is the one time I'm right. This is kind of crazy here. I'm going to be, I don't want to say ridiculous. It's kind of a nasty thing to say. But this is Drew Brees' last game. I think something happens to him. I think he gets like fucked up. Like something happens. Wow. Defensive. Yeah. So if he goes down, something crazy happens, we're going to have to be like, yeah, Bryce, you were completely right you you called that you called georgia tech Absolutely. like you need to piss out of notre dame like you were on something last week so yeah that's not gonna happen though i uh, the notre dame thing but yeah i don't know i just feel like drew Brees is like one hit away from from ending it all i don't know maybe it's gonna happen in chicago that's that's your most controversial thing you've said on the podcast i i, I mean it, it came that, to me it doesn't it touch me, bobby but... being like pro cancer and hating Connor, so but yeah, that was sickening. I told my wife about that. She was like, "What? I don't want you on that podcast." I was like, "Yeah, fucked up. He was bad." For the record, guy. never, never pro cancer. Like, oh, not, not pro Connor. <laughs> Just want that out there. Okay. 
and an interesting week eight of games for all of us. I feel like all three of our teams uh, are kind of in the marquee spotlight a little bit. Uh, I'll start with Bryce. You're five and two, Cleveland Browns. Thought they uh, come back sweep to uh, win the Ohio rivalry series <laughs> this weekend or last weekend. Uh, they host the Los Angeles Raiders. The Raiders three and three. Cleveland a two and a half point favorite. Um, just empty, uh, empty your thoughts and your notebook out on this one. And what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I don't need to have a notebook. Uh, it really just the fact that they're playing in Cleveland like helps out so much. Um, I mean, God damn that fucking game last week, guys. I, I like. I shouldn't say this, but I almost dropped my my son because of that game. Like I just like was holding him and. Baker dropped back, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I I didn't know what to do. Like, I was like, Ricky Bobby, I didn't know what to do with my hands. And I was like, well, I probably should keep a hold of my 15-month-old son. So I did. But, boy, I wanted to shake him. I'm just kidding. I would I would never shake a baby. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Hey, a Michigan man. DPJ, baby. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, just like, I don't know, uh, Baker, sh- like, God, I was, I think, with everybody, every Browns fan, like, the first, like, Porter was like, fuck Baker, like, get him out of there. It's done. It's over. They lose this game. Like, he might as well stay in Cincinnati and, like, I don't know, like, do something with Joe Burrow, like, give him massages because, like, Burrow's fucking beating Baker Mayfield. This is not how I expected this season to happen, you know, to play out. But what did he do? Like, what did he need to do? He fucking played perfect. Um, you know, was hit, hitting, hitting everybody. Really relied on his tight end, Harrison Bryant, after Austin Hooper's out with, like, a uh, appendix issue i don't know appendectomy i think that's what they call that shit but uh yeah yeah i I mean to get back to the raider game i don't know like i haven't seen a whole lot of the raiders i know um you know they're well coached uh you know Derek carr's hot or cold um i i think the big thing is like can they block miles garrett he's he's still uh like a one-man wrecking crew really him and denzel ward are our defense everybody else is fucking trash if you guys watched any of that Bengals browns game uh, they couldn't fucking tackle anybody. Like, it was just, like, so embarrassing. It was awful. Um, so, yeah, I think it just comes down to can they block Garrett and uh, can they can, – can, can Baker keep that uh, hot hand going without OBJ? And I think they'll be okay. They're not, they're not as good without – or with OBJ, but um, – I'm sorry, without him. But I think Rashard Higgins will, will step in. I think DPJ will still, like, get some, get some uh, targets and – I think they'll be okay. Boy, we really need Nick Chubb, though. I think that's what we need, but we don't have him yet. So, the Browns go into their bye 6-2, and two. guys. I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. Uh, yeah, I agree, Bobby. I just don't like what's going on with the Raiders. You know, they're on a downward trend right now. Um, the Browns, obviously, uh, after that Steelers game, have a good game against the Bengals. So, I, I think the Browns are going to be just fine, like Bryce said, once they get Chubb back. Um, I think they're on the right path. Or I think, what are they in the – they're in the playoffs right now. If they started today, aren't they? Yeah, they're like the seven seed, I think, playing the Chiefs. So goddamn, that would be a fucking like Mahomes would put up like four hundred fifty yards <laughs> passing like easily. It wouldn't be close. Like, well, I don't say it wouldn't be close. I'm just saying it would be another one of these like, you know, Ravens or Steelers games probably where the Browns are chasing points and just panicking and shitting down their legs. So. Yeah, they're in right now. Uh, yeah. All right, two more games. Um, I'll go. The Niners, they will be at 
the Seahawks, uh, 4.25 Eastern time on Fox. The line, the Seahawks, a two-and-a-half point favorite. My breakdown is going to be similar to what I said last week. This is a roller coaster season for me. The Niners are good. Too many injuries, though, to really have any expectations left. Love Kyle Shannon, though. It's going to scheme up good game plan, but I think traveling back from New England, Seattle had a shorter flight from Phoenix, Glendale, back to Seattle. They're pissed off because they blew that Sunday nighter, which was a great game, by the way. Um, I, I think Russ Cooks, and uh, it'll be close, though, because Seattle's defense is, is uh, awful, even though they did trade for Dunlap, but I don't think he's going to be uh, – I don't think he's going to be able to play Yeah, right he's away. also kind of washed up too, so, I mean. Yeah. So, I, I think the Seahawks win, but uh, the Niners, they can win this game too. So, I guess I really don't make too much of a prediction. Maybe I'm trying to reverse jinx the Niners the rest of the season if you're kind of catching what I'm doing here. So, um, we'll move to the game of the week. Well, I guess if you guys got anything to add. If not, we'll move on to the game of the week. You make great points. It's just like, who are the 49ers? Nobody knows. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think yeah, Pete Carroll I think Seahawks come in pissed off after thing. losing the, the game right. to the Cardinals uh, the way they did. So I, I, got, I got Seahawks coming away with this one. All right, the game of the week. Uh, one Eastern on CBS. The 6-0 Pittsburgh Steelers will go into Baltimore, take on the 5-1 Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, a four-point favorite, which, I mean, I guess that's a little high to me. I don't know what Vegas is doing there, but they know more than I do. Um, Bobby, this is your team. Yeah. I'll give this, you the floor one, here. A uh, couple, couple interesting stats got? in this one. In the last 46 meetings, Pittsburgh has 23 wins. Baltimore has 23 wins. Uh, Baltimore averages 20 points per game. Pittsburgh averages 19 Jesus. points per game. Um, it, it feels like every year this is like the toughest game. And for me personally, like since at least since Cleveland's came back into the league in 99, and I, I feel like I hate Baltimore more than I hate Cleveland just because they're always right there with us. They've won a Super Bowl or two in there in the same amount of time that we have. Um, just all those years with Ray Lewis, um, all those years with Joe Flacco when he was just a terrible quarterback, but just somehow just would throw the ball up 50 yards in the air and would always get a pass interference call. Just just got under my skin. Um, and then obviously they get lucky getting Lamar, and now they got Dobbins, and they got a good defense. They just pick up Ngakwe. They get the Lewis Campbell. Uh, I think they got Patrick Queen from LSU. They always have a good secondary. So I just can't stand Baltimore. Um, this is going to be a defensive game. Both of these teams, top five defenses, uh, both great at stopping the run, which is the strength of both teams, ironically. Um, you know, I feel like if, if Pittsburgh can contain the running game and force Lamar Jackson to pass, we've seen what happens. He, he's progressed as a passer, but he's still not on that level like, like a Mahomes or a Watson is passing the ball. So I think that's the key is containing him and making him give the ball up to um, – I don't know if Ingram is going to be playing this week because I think Dobbins will get more of the carries. Uh, make him give the ball up inside, and then obviously our front seven can kind of bottle that up. Um, limit the big plays. Uh, offensively for Pittsburgh, 
Um, keep spreading the wealth around. You know, every week it's another guy. Juju week one, Chase Claypool last couple weeks. Deontay Johnson had a huge game this past week. James Washington's had a couple good games. Um, Ebron's starting to come on. He's figured out how to run block. He's figured out how to get open and use his size and kind of get open down the field. So I, I, I'm confident in our offense. You know, I think we'll find the ways to beat them. Um, but with this game being played on the road, the, the streak we've been on, um, and these teams always split in most years when, you know, we have the full health of each team. Last year is obviously we had Mason Rudolph and Duck playing quarterbacks. So that's a little different story. Uh, but I feel like this is one where Baltimore wins here, Pittsburgh wins back when they play in Pittsburgh, or vice versa. Pittsburgh wins here, Baltimore wins in Pittsburgh. Um, either way, if Pittsburgh wins this game, they go up two games in the AFC North. Uh, so I think that would be huge. Um, they get through this week. We get like Dallas. We get Washington. We get the Bengals. So, you know, we got a good chance to get past this game and just keep that winning streak rolling. Um, so I'm going to go with the Steelers by, by kicking a field goal at the end of regulation to win this game. Yeah, I'll jump in then, Bryce, so you can finish it off. I, I'm i not sure. Like, I think Pittsburgh's really good, but I'm not so sure about Baltimore, but I, I like Baltimore for some reason. Like, and if you look at Baltimore's schedule, like, they got the Colts, uh, the Patriots, like, and then I think the I think they play the Steelers in a month from now. So they got kind of a tough stretch. I feel like they kind of need this game. And really the only time I think they really put it all together was that week one game against your Browns, Bryce. So, like, I don't know. I just think Baltimore might be the more desperate team. Uh, if that makes sense, though, I, I definitely like Pittsburgh a little more than Baltimore. But I think Baltimore wins, I guess, just because they're home. I feel like they're, they, they need this one. But um, I don't have a feel for either one of them really right now. Um, yeah, I mean, both both – I mean, I'm just like – the most I've seen them obviously playing against my team, both mm-hmm. were very similar. Um, I, I felt that the Browns, like, I don't want to say like hung around the Ravens, but like had a chance to only be down like, I don't know, like seven or 10 at half. And I'll, and they were moving the ball a little bit, but like against the Steelers, the Browns just like completely imploded. Um, and again, it's, it's, I don't know if it's all Baker or, or like all credit to the Steelers defense. I think it's a little bit of both. But um, man, I don't know. I think I think the Steelers' defense are going to rattle Lamar, and uh, I don't know. I think I think the Steelers are going to pull this one out. I really do. All right, one more thing. I'm going to surprise drop this on you. Uh, Bryce, as our residential gearhead, loves NASCAR. Yeah, bring uh, it, Bobby. He acts like he likes Kyle Busch, but come on, let's let's get real. Anyway, uh, the final. Cutoff race is Sunday at Martinsville. So Joey Logano has already won. So he's locked into the championship four in two weeks, less than two weeks at Phoenix. So right now there's seven drivers contending for three spots. I'm going to ask you both to make predictions. So Kevin Harvick is second in the standings. Um, well, second in the playoff point standings. He's plus 41 to the good. Uh, Denny Hamlin is plus 20, and Brad Keselowski is plus 8. Chase Elliott, the first man out right now, minus 8. Alex Bowman is 27 points back from the fourth spot. Martin Truex Jr. is 31 points back, and Kurt Busch is 73 points back. So, Bobby, I will go to you. 
first again. Who are going to be the three other drivers with Joe Logano racing yeah. for the uh, championship for uh, obviously the first Phoenix. that come to mind. I think they're going to advance on points. Uh, Harvick and Hamlin, I think they're they're pretty much safe. Uh, I think they got a good buffer. Mm-hmm. You know, all the races they won in the regular season, the playoff points they've got. As long as they finish top ten in the stages and don't wreck out early, I think they're both good to go on points. Um, last guy, the four spot that gets in is the last the guy that won the last two races there at the paperclip. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Um, it's a 500 mile race. Uh, it's one of the toughest races. Obviously, with it being late October, uh, you're going to get some cooler temperatures, but um, on the track, you know, bumping um, up against the wall. Um, I, he just finds a way to win there every time. Um, and they brought up a good point tonight on the race. Uh, he didn't have his crew chief this weekend due to a suspension for uh, failing to get his uh, rear spoiler uh, at the correct height. So he's been at uh, Joe Gibbs Racing headquarters all week figuring out how to get the perfect car from Martinsville. So I got Truex sneaking in that fourth spot, getting two team players in there. you had to like name the guys because I was going to say I was going to say there's no doubt that the Bash brothers Bobby and Terry Labonte were going to fucking make run. <laughs> yeah Quaker, Quaker State Quaker State right Quaker State and Luke Quaker State I don't know what they fucking do the green car is that Bobby Labonte is that Bobby that was the interstate batteries 18 yeah 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 close where are they racing at this weekend guys Pocono Martinsville, Virginia. Oh, yeah, Martinsville. Never mind. I, I think, you know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think Hamlin's my guy. There's no doubt. Denny. Okay. A guy named so Denny. Yeah. He's he's going through. Yeah, he's going through. And then uh, what, name name some more. What's the guy that, that was 30-something points back? He, he's going through. Uh, Alex Bowman is uh, 27. Truex is 31. <clears throat> Hamlin, Hamlin, Bowman, and Truex. That's that's who's going through. And there's no so doubt you about got, it. You got Kevin Harvick again calling another shot. Bryce has got Georgia Tech, Drew Brees <laughs> injury yeah, Drew, retirement, like and, decapitated. Like, <laughs> and, and Kevin Harvick not making it to the championship four. Wow. Yeah, Har- Harvick's been kind of a little too, you know. I don't want to say like cocky but let's be honest guys don't you don't you kind of agree he's been a little too cocky and i just think it's going to catch up to him this week it's, at, it's uh, always possible yeah i yeah, mean no doubt. i i agree that uh harvick and hamlin are relatively safe i mean they can blow up the first lap of the race and things change mocks but you know i think those two get in and I think Chase Elliott, he, he got wrecked a couple of years ago by Denny in the same race late in the playoffs, this late fall Martinsville race. Um, he always runs up front here. I know Truex has been really damn good like he brought up Bobby, but I, I think maybe Chase puts the bumper to Truex late in this one. Uh, I definitely think, you know, Hamlin, Truex, Elliott, Brad, all these guys are going to be in the mix up front, running up front, uh, and fighting for this one. So Sunday ought to be a damn good, uh, damn good race. You know, maybe after the the one o'clock NFL games, flip it over to the NBC or NBC Sports um, network and and catch the tail end of Martinsville. Uh, 
you know, they say Robin's racing, so it's definitely a race, uh, a racy track at Martinsville. So. Hell yeah, baby. We we guys <laughs> text me when there's like, I don't know, like seven laps I, to go or something. Like, let, like hey, well, I'll I'll text you when there's fifty to go at Martinsville because that'll. I mean, if it stays green, fifty laps at Martinsville, it's a little half mile. That'll that'll be like ten minutes, twelve minutes. So okay. that'll All that'll right. be the last last little bit of the race. So yeah, I I can do that. Yeah, like watch it now. Okay, and I'll flip it on. All right, so that okay. we'll definitely we'll definitely preview the championship Phoenix race next week. Uh, Clemson Notre Dame's next week. The college slate with the Pac-12 coming back. Uh, and there's some some really good SEC and a couple of sneaky good Big Ten. Yeah, I say Rutgers. I mean, Jesus, night game. Shit, guys. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Shot um, man coming back to uh, Columbus. Wait. Yeah. yeah. I think they play, in, yeah, they play in Columbus. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. yeah so, we'll, we'll talk about that stuff. Um, Fell. Yeah. No play next week, hopefully. Knock on wood. Everybody stay safe out there. Um, Bryce, any famous last words? <laughs> uh, you know, Drew Brees, it was a great ride. Uh <laughs> Hell of a hell of a competitor. Uh, love your birthmark. Loved you in San Diego. Loved you in New Orleans. You did great things for that city down there. But man, it's it's uh it's over. It's all coming to an end up in the midway. So, uh, but yeah, uh, go Browns, go Bucks. Hopefully, uh, I'm able to enjoy enjoy myself this weekend. Do a little yard work, get things done, and uh, drink some beers and enjoy myself. Yeah, if you're not yeah. doing anything go Browns, at uh, seven ten a.m. one Sunday morning, uh, F1 in Italy. Lewis Hamilton goes for number 93. Um, that'd be sweet to see. Uh, hopefully get another Danny Rick podium out there. Uh, it'd be awesome to get another Shoey. Uh, other than that, go Irish. Bring on the Tigers. Looking ahead to next week. Let's go. All right. And um, thanks for listening, everybody. Great review. Subscribe. Follow the show on Twitter at Podcast PCAS. Like the Facebook page at Podcast PCAS. That's two words on facebook um and i uh, appreciate you guys listening thanks to you two for coming on and uh, until next time we'll see you next week